Hi, this is David Vinson, and I'm the superintendent of schools for the Wiley Independent School District, and I'm joined by my co-host, Amanda Martin. Hi, I am the Director of Counseling Services and the Wiley Way, and welcome to the Achieving Kids podcast. Our goal is to provide a better understanding of how the decisions we make help promote the best interests of our kids and community. We will tackle big subjects, entertain different viewpoints, but the focus will always be on equipping you with the strategies that will help them become Achieving Kids. Amanda, this is the topic that I bet you that this is probably the, the podcast that will be listened to the most, right? I really hope so, because we get a lot of questions and we all have our own questions. And so we're excited that we're getting to do this today. So who are our guests? We have Dr. Kelly Jameson back in studio. Yay! And our Deputy Assistant Superintendent, Dr. Kim Spicer. I'm so excited. This is going to be so fun this morning. Well, and Dr. Spicer has done a great job of leading her staff, uh, curriculum folks, and helping us get stuff prepared. So closing out a safe year that we started day one in school. And we did it because we were prepared and it was great. And we had this family idea of being together. And uh, we had some turbulent times, uh, Kel. I mean, you think about this, we had, there was, there was a moment, like 150 cases a day mm-hmm. that we had. And they were down to, there's days we have zero. Some days we have 13. Right. Um, but it's managed. And, you know, we have now have 100% of our fa- our, our uh, faculty and staff, that employees that wanted a vaccination now, have been, had at least number one, number two will be delivered the last week of May. And we've got their families vaccinated. Nice. So now we're actually working a plan to decide how we can vaccinate our kids 16 to 18 through uh, Pfizer. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we're going to, throughout the year, it's going to go as those cl- clinical trials become reality. We'll uh, we'd go down to hopefully like 11 or 12. And so we'll get that done. You know, getting people, make people safe, keeping people from fear. But but the thing is, we actually gave a survey out, uh, sent a survey to tell our, our information out to say we're going to be mask optional at the beginning of the school next year, next year. Mm-hmm. and we're going to start a pilot in June mm-hmm. to practice all those things like we did last year when we said we we're going to have school right. to practice in the, the pe- other direction. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. and so because th- what it does is it's it's twenty people instead of t- 20,000 20, people mm-hmm. to practice this. Does that work better? How do we communicate that the best way? And um, it's going to be a it's it's so great to have that small opportunity to get those practice deals in. And we started day one last year and we were scared, but it was amazing. It was, you know, one of the best days I've ever had as an educator at Kim. No doubt. When we walked in those schools and kids were actually back in the classrooms, mm-hmm. um, I don't tend to be terribly emotional, but I really had to blink really fast several times. <laughs> seeing those little Allergies. faces back in right. school. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and our families had the option, so they could stay home or they could come in person, and our teachers showed up and got it done. It was amazing. So when we sent this out, we weren't asking plus or minus or if you're for or against, but we said, hey, send us your information, send us your concerns and mm-hmm. your praises and the things that you have, some ideas and things. I think we had like 400 and something survey, information surveys back. And, you know, it's I love employees and parents because they give you the third thing that you would have never thought of mm-hmm. and it makes the mm-hmm. biggest difference and we, we, we i always tell everybody wiley's a bubble it's not reality we all just help each other and it's so great and it really is such a blessing but about 80 percent were saying this it was those were like yes thank you 20 percent, 80 90 of the responses were like well you know i have health concerns and those kind of things legitimate mm-hmm. you know like you know from ranging from you know uh, you know a, a situation or for cancer or whatever I'm just mm-hmm. being you know yeah. th- theoretical here but to, but then there's some of these parents and this is what I want to get to today is mm-hmm. generalized fear about 
you know, coming back and everyone being in a space together because, you know, we have about 70% of our kids right now that are in person, mm-hmm. but that's 30% of, of 17,600 kids. It's a lot of kids that are coming back that have not been here in a year. Yeah. And so what I would love to talk to you about is today is mm-hmm. what we can do to help these mamas and these daddies to help everyone. What can we do? What can we say? How can we prepare to make this better? Yeah. So, I mean, it basically just sounds like standard data, you know, you got like, like your standard bell curve and then mm-hmm. you've got, that's the 80% mm-hmm. and then you got the 20%. Usually it's split, you know, if you're looking at a normal standard bell curve, you got 10 yeah. on 10% on each side. But so it sounds like we're talking about those outliers who stand outside of the 80% that are ready to just get back and do it. It sounds like today we're talking about what we call those outliers and how to make them you know, not fold back in with everyone else, but at least help them understand the fears and protocols that y'all have put into place just to give them some peace. As a principal, that was one of my most important things is to, if you were one of those people that had that to, you know, I didn't do this. Doc, uh, Scott Wynn, when he was a principal, you know, if there's a kid that had, had trouble coming to school and they were worried and the mom didn't want to let him go, uh, he would take pictures of the kid and send it to the mom throughout the day for them to feel better. That yeah. Because... The right. five minutes after they've left, they're playing with Legos and it's fine. Exactly. But yes. but all you're just you're just having memories of a thoughts of a you know a torture camp where he's still bawling and you know that That's he can't right. yeah they yeah. took him to the last thing you saw was your screaming child. Yes. So you don't know. And now your day is terrible because you're just full of worry. But we can do small things to make big differences, and if we can do that, you know the school belongs to the community. We want to try up, up, up any way we can. Yeah, and you know you know I'm a therapist, so talking about these things is half the battle because when it stays in your head, it just gets bigger and bigger. So I love that you're even doing this topic today. And the more information you give these families and these kids, it just helps, you know, minimize the fear, makes it more manageable when we make it smaller. We were trying to think through like possible fears or anxieties that the students would have because we have some students like um, Dr. Vincent said that have not been back since before spring break of last year. Mm-hmm. So they've been remote. So we feel like them coming back will be a huge adjustment because it's been almost you know a year and a half where they've been in our buildings. Mm-hmm. And then their families, and we don't know if the child chose to be home and their parents honored that or if the parents chose for them to be home. We don't know what the kids exactly feel like on those instances yet. Um, and then, uh, you know, there is no vaccine for the little kids. And so there are, like Dr. Vincent said, people do have some legitimate concerns and we don't have all the answers for all of the medical side of everything. And he can't a hundred percent ensure that no one will ever get sick of anything ever in our district, but how do we help them come back when they've been gone for a very long time? Mm-hmm. And what should we do? Yeah. I mean, there's so many factors at play here. This could be a three hour podcast. You know, you brought up good questions. Was it the child that wanted to stay home because mm-hmm. they're fear-based or was it basic logistics of the family? It was more helpful for them, for the child to be home right. or are the parents just anxiety ridden? You know, there's so many factors here at play. I think the most important person is going to be that classroom teacher. Mm. I think that it's classroom. The, it always comes back. To it that, always comes it? back to the classroom <laughs> Poor guys. I mean, you guys at this table are all, are all great, but you know, you can't be in all these classrooms. In fact, some of them don't want me in their classrooms. (laughs) (laughs) But it's these classroom teachers that are really on the front lines that are going to have to really be um, truly present and observing these kiddos that have been home all year to help with that transition. 
I mean, we can all do balloons and, you know, marching band music to welcome everyone back. But it's those classroom teachers that are really going to be the most important factor, I think, in this whole transition. Well, and those teachers have been, most of them, teaching remote learners and in-person learners simultaneous. I mean, they have worked really, really, really extra hard this year too. And so we all, we talk about them, like how do we make sure that they're okay? Wanting them to have a wonderful summer and come back refreshed, but they've been through it. Right. I mean, we've all been through it. And the, the blessing here is that, you know, we all collectively went through this thing for the first time. And anytime you go, anytime you experience anything for the first time, your brain has to create pathways to understand it. Mm. That's literally the first job, the first kiss, the first roller coaster, the first, you know, first time you've been fired or broken up with all these first. And we did this whole big thing collectively for the first time. Mm -hmm. So when we go into the fall, no matter what the fall looks like, we are so much more psychologically prepared, which is going to be great for those teachers. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, a year ago, we were all learning on the fly, how to quote unquote, do a pandemic. That's not the case anymore. We actually have like a cognitive file now for pandemic, which is going to be helpful for those classroom teachers. So, you know, basically we're all competent now about a pandemic and, you know, competency is level one. If you've heard my resilience talk, it's level one competency, you know, turns into level two confidence and then level three resilience. So we've all, you know, experienced this year together and all of those classroom teachers have experienced teaching remotely, Mm -hmm. teaching in person. So that level one competency check, everyone has checked the box. It's funny you say that because I need to add this as a, as a moment to consider because among these things, independent emails, and I love our parents will email and they ask great questions and mm-hmm. typically they are, are trying to get legitimate results instead of learning what we're doing. And they ask, they, uh, they we said, we're going to, our goal is to start mask optional and we have to practice this in the summer. And their, their panic was, you know, why don't we just say, you know, and I'm saying, you know, the thing is we have to practice because we can create this file for us to understand and then take it and say, here's the good parts and Mm -hmm. the bad parts. And then here's how we're going to move forward because we want that plan. Because I said, we already know how to do masks very well. Right. But I mean, having that, that file is important. So talking about competency, I know there you go. And so I just wanted to touche as far as that's, that's really, that's important. Good. Yeah. And, and so back to your classroom teachers, I think they'll be so much more equipped, whether they feel it or not, they are equipped for the fall. Mm-hmm. Kelly, do you think that transfers over to, because part of my concern is our remote children mm-hmm. um, and our teachers who have been remote all year long. Mm-hmm. So we all live through the start of the school year and we know we can mm-hmm. survive right. and, and yes. we can do this very well. Mm-hmm. But some of those kiddos and those teachers are going to be face-to-face in the classroom. So the level of anxiety we felt a year ago, they'll be feeling in August. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to have two different levels of confidence based Mm -hmm. on your resilience talk. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure we're meeting the needs of everyone. Mm -hmm. But think about the people that have sort of been there, done that. They, You have a built-in layer of support from experienced members that we did not have a year ago. So as all of those teachers and kids transition back in person for the first time, you've got a whole layer of people that know what that feels like. And that is the support for all those kids and those teachers. 
So that's helpful. That is very helpful. That is one because we were all, like you said, learning it together. Right. right. Last August. Now we have some folks who've been there, done that. Let me show you how it's done. Yeah. And you might even pair up those teachers and those kids. And I'm sure you've probably already thought of that. No, actually we didn't. And this is why we're meeting with you. So you can tell us what to do about this (laughs) because it made me think we really, you assume that those kind of things happen, but we learn and I learned from custodians and folks who are helping us with cleaning practices and those kind of things down to the psychosocial considerations of where we are with you and those expertises because we think it's happening and you you, you can't leave that to chance right mm-hmm. we're going to leave nothing to interpretation we're going to that's a great idea to pair those people up and and then make sure that they're one of the things that I, I was talking to a principal and she said David when we started this year you know when you have anxiety and stress that we started at stress when usually you're excited about the school year. No, we started in fear and she goes, and it's been sort of that low grade anxiety and stress the whole year because of you're worried about one because we moved to, can we do this successfully to how do we manage it? Then how do we deal with all the kids that are just struggling academically because of all these things? How do we focus on the, there was 4,000 plus, I don't know how many people were dying a day at mm-hmm. one point during this time. And mm-hmm. how do we keep it all together? There was a moment where my entire central office went over to, Wally East, and we were the principals for the week mm. to make it work. I mean, everything that that file folder is full of now is the, our memories and learning habits, but we need to make sure they're aware of it too because stress is, they're still stressed. I don't think they even understand that they are stressed. I don't think I understand how stressed I am. People tell me, but you know. Yeah, it's, it's so subtle, but it's so impactful. And a lot of times what you think you're stressed about is not actually what you're stressed about. Yeah, You know, people come into therapy about, you know, issue X and really it's issue Y and they just don't understand only because it's not like a car accident. You know, it's not like it was this big thing. Boom. It's like, it was a slow roll. Like you said, it was very subtle and remember it peaked heavily in January and now here we are in April. Um, so it's very subtle, which messes with you psychologically, Mm -hmm. right? Things that are slow and subtle will mess with you differently. And when I say mess with you, I mean like negatively oh, it's, impact it's, it's your emotions <laughs> um, than if something happened big and loud quickly. You know, that's a, that's an important point. We always talk about in the social emotional learning that self-awareness is a big thing. In the moment, I'm not very self-aware, but I do remember. I mean, I, I don't know how times I've apologized to Kim because, you know, she's my dude that you can say, Hey man, sorry. You know, and she's like, well, and I mean, and I'm not saying that she doesn't pick the fights, but, but when these processes, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> the thing is, is though it's really important. With my kids and Christy, the same way I have to say, man, I'm sorry, because the weight of the world, the, the, the health and safety of children and our employees are on my shoulders and it, and it's, you don't understand it. And you go home and just, uh, and nobody cares that you're, and they care that you're tired, sort of, but they don't, you know, I mean, and so there's a lot of stress there, you know? That's right, which is important that you keep talking about it as yeah. a community, um, you know, because teachers go home and, and their spouses or their loved ones, they might have stress in their job, but they don't know what teacher stress feels like. And that's why I think students and parents often are on different pages in the evenings because a student stress looks very different than an adult stress. An yeah. adult believes that they understand what the student stress is, but their experiences during the day are so different. So it's important while you have them all together, while the students are all together, while the teachers are all together, while the principals are all together, that that's where you're processing the experience because people on the same level as you are the only ones mm. that truly understand the stress of it that is unique to your role as a student, as a teacher, as a principal. So while you have them, you have to do more than just educate them, but 
process what's happened together. It's funny you say that because one of the things I had, you know, one of our former board members, Barbara Goss, we both have senior kids and, uh, you know, with senior girls, you know, and uh, we're getting ready for college, going through the senior year in such a strange way is that, you know, we talk about different things and I don't want to put words in our mouth, but we, I think we had a different perception of how it was going to go about how this is going to be and try to make this. And, you know, then you realize that this is going to be a year long process about where we're going to do and what we're going to do. And, uh, you know, it's funny because your expectations and ideas change about how things, but it's really nice to be able to talk to her about how that works. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you have a senior there and it's, there's a value to that. Right. Which is why I always tell moms, you need mom friends. Like spouses are great, but they don't get it on your level. And you could say that for, you know, superintendents or moms or something. It's like you, you have to find your people. And we talk about tribes with teenagers so much, but adults, you have to have your people. I mean, if you're not having a shared experience and talking about it, that's how that subtle stress builds and it creates, it breeds resentment and all sorts of physical ailments. And then we have real sick adults. You know, one of the things that uh, I was talking to our, my, my friend and my, my pastor uh, yesterday, and he was said that, you know, talking about anger and rage about this, uh, people, because we're in these moments now about in kind of where did that come? Where does that come from? And you see these people that are just, um, and they're legitimately feeling like they're doing the right thing in some situations and they're there and they feel like that, that, that you're not hearing them or whatever, that trust is not there. Do you have that? And we're, are we, because this has been exacerbated by this pandemic and getting people to those, helping those folks to get back to that level of trust and friendship is big. And I'm hoping that we can, that we can find a way those people that thrive in the chaos. Mm -hmm. How do we? Well, I think, I think what it's done as a therapist, what the pandemic has done is highlighted people's struggles and their coping mechanisms. Oh, there you go. Let's just stop there. That's a great, that's a stop. (laughs) So you know, before all this as adult, let's take adults first. We could stay real busy going to work every day, going home at night, managing our children, their schedules, what they, we could hide real easily, mm-hmm. but we couldn't hide this year. Oh. So people that drink wine to calm down, drank a lot of wine and people that were irritable became real irritable and real chippy in their homes, which caused conflict. So I think it really because we weren't moving so fast, we couldn't hide our broken parts. And then our broken parts were just literally on display for our families. And people that had good coping skills were okay. And people that had negative coping skills, this was real bad. So we're seeing, um, you know, a lot of marriages on display during the pandemic, you know, a lot of divorces being filed now, a lot of people going to rehab now. So I think people that had negative coping mechanisms, it was bad. You know, it's just a a lot of drinking, you know, a lot of anger, a lot of bitterness. So when you say, where does that come from? It's like, well, it's just how healthy were, were we to begin with? Yeah. So if you were a healthy, balanced adult prior to the pandemic, I'd like to believe that you sort of white knuckled it and got through it pretty healthily, but people that were kind of not so healthy to begin with, it only exacerbated the negative parts of you. So one of the things that I realize is I cause more stress than I'm under stress because of my general personality. I always say like I'm one of those little drops that, that you put make one drop makes a whole glass, like the Mio's. <laughs> yes. Like it's concentrated. Right. And so I understand that you just don't want small parts of me and then I need to leave for a little bit. But I've learned that in my life. You know, but sometimes people don't get that. How do we help people 
that are in that spot? Or is there any way to help people that have chosen that, um, that highlight of struggle? Because we're going to get down to the few people that are in this spot and they um, can, they can, they can get support from other people that are having the same struggle. And sometimes think about a, a theoretical fear becomes a real fear because it's five of them. So is there any way to help that? Is it psychologically to help to, because, you know, I want them to be in a good place. I mean, the thing is we can, there's no, I don't, I'm not talking about retribution. I'm talking about true. How do you, is there any way to help people that, that are in that spot? Well, people need to feel heard before they can heal. So if you give them a platform where they can share what they are truly fearful about, that is step one. So if you just keep telling them what you're going to do and that they shouldn't feel scared about it, that doesn't help them because they don't feel heard. They just feel like you're putting all these protocols in place without listening to them first. Yeah. So you have to give them the platform and maybe that's the step was the survey. Yeah. And the thing is, is we're going to have an FAQ and we're going to take all of those synthesized. I'm not, I killed a bear. I didn't do anything. You know, I'm, people are doing that right now. Sure. Smart nerds in the back that are making sure that it's all better. <laughs> wow. They're the best okay. of the best people in the world. Okay. They rule the world. They just, uh, it's awesome. Yes. Okay. Um, so yeah, having, allowing people to have a platform where they can tell you what they're nervous about and then you can address, yeah. you know, if we're talking about a small group, 20%, 10%, yeah. uh, we should be able to address all of those. It's not even, it's, it's 20% of the people that are, that are, that are surveyed. So that it's, surveyed, it's right. 80, 90 people out of 21,000. Mm-hmm. And some of those had like legitimate, like specific medical concerns for them their themselves or their child and, and then some actually, it's like a generalized yeah we're going to reach out to them right, i mean specifically absolutely. and that's the thing yeah. is, is that and, and that's the thing is that uh you know and i'm not saying the psychology nerds but they don't they're the ones who know how to how to help and because amanda and them just are so great about making you feel loved and supported yeah. and then even reading those questions and i'm saying well that's a problem no david here's really the, I mean, so then, and then helping them out. Cause I mean, I, I, uh, there's self-awareness. I don't get it sometimes. I need somebody to help me. Yeah. So just, just in the, the classroom teachers, I think we're going to be the VIPs of the yes. children coming back. I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong here, the principals yes. might be those people that are going to have to have those sit downs with those families. Yeah. I don't know, you know, if, if I'm in your district and I'm, I'm in that worry you know, silo over there. I don't know if I'm calling Dr. Vincent to have a one-on-one. They all do. They do. Okay. Yeah. But I feel like the principals perhaps would be now in that lane that could best address those one-on-one meetings. And they do. And the thing I, I tease about that, no, honestly, the, our principals are great and welcoming. And I mean, I talked about this this week in a presentation, a kid emailed me last Friday that he said uh, that they're having sporks at, in the lunchroom and that we need, that really is, we need to support free the, the, the school that we needed two <laughs> utensils. And then he also suggested we come back to rectangle, rectangle pizza. I mean, we get a lot of requests <laughs> from different things. What, what grade was that, John? Uh, in high school. It's the best. <laughs> high school? Yeah. And I mean, and the thing is, and, and he has hashtag unsporked the school. <laughs> but the thing is, is that people come to you with different things. And the thing is, is that, sure. you know, what I'm saying is, is that everybody has a legitimate concern because yeah. it's theirs. And I really love it. And mm-hmm. I will come back and I will talk to that kid. You know, there's kids. I love them. It makes my day. And uh, well, we want to hear their concerns. Yeah, Good. Kelly. Some of the some of the anxiety that we're hearing, or at least that I think, I'm obviously not a psychologist, but um, no. it, it has to do with a lack of control, and and a fear that the whole world's going to turn on a dime again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at, how long will it take us, the majority of us, mm-hmm. to get past that constant little niggling fear that? Uh, is all is the whole world going to shut down again tomorrow? Mm-hmm. 
Well, that is a personality type. So let's be clear. Those type of people, that that's a personality type. And you're never going to win over those people, right? So they're just going to move on from issue to issue to be upset or mad or fearful about. Yeah. So right now it's a pandemic because that's, that's low hanging fruit, you know, back right, to school, yeah. mask, no mask. That's low hanging fruit for a pessimist or someone. I remember there is a personality type that, and, and also people that just um, were raised in a certain way that they are, they prefer conflict chaos feels comfortable to them mm -hmm. when things are sort of peaceful and there's a status quo they get nervous those people that's a personality type and that is a um like a childhood lived experience where they are comfortable comfortable in chaos and they're comfortable in conflict so they seek it out so you have to know with a district this size with thousands and thousands of people there will be those people that you are not going to win them over you're not going to win them over. No protocols are going to be good enough. Nothing will be smart enough or thorough for them. And not that you should dismiss them, but I want you guys at the top to be clear on the reality of it, that with this many people, you are not, and you already know this, you're not going to win everyone over. You give them the time and you allow them to say what they need to say. And then you reiterate how you came about your decision to do X, Y, or Z here in the district. And then you have to excuse yourself. They will go on to something else and then they will complain about whatever else. Yeah, that's true. And the thing, what we've tried to do is, you know, those people that are the microscope people, you know, they, that we do find, sometimes they have really great considerations that, man, we should have thought that's a great idea about that. But then we're thinking, man, that's going to be great. Well, it didn't, it didn't ever, because it's the next thing. Because they're assuming negative intent, as Kim always says. You know, they're thinking right. that. Yeah. Yes, that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a nice way to say it. So this is just the, you know, soup du jour is the mask, no mask, protocols, you know, plexiglass, whatever we're talking about. But you just have to know that that personality type and that psychological style, you're not going to win. And you give them the time that you feel is appropriate. And then you move on to your day, to your agenda, to the things that you need to do. I feel I find it interesting. I feel like we're way off topic since our our goal was how to how to get our kids and our families to be comfortable, but coming back to school in the fall. But uh, Dr. Vincent sort of mentioned it earlier. Um, how those folks who seem to thrive in chaos and discord um, are so much more angry and mean than we've ever dealt with in the past. Mm -hmm. It's it's been very interesting. Maybe it goes back to what you said that they they don't have as much to do. I, I don't know. I'd be interested to hear what your thoughts were on that. Well, they're never, it's never about you, you guys, no, meaning I the recipients. That. And as long as you know that, trust yeah. me, I'm a therapist. People get mad at me all the time about things, you know? Um, but you mentioned earlier, is this about control? Sometimes I'm going to lean more towards personality type and the things that they're comfortable in more than control. Um, these are bigger issues that stand outside of their child's educational experience. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, aren't really your job. You're in the crossfire of their issues, but it's not for you to fix those. They need a higher level of, of help than what their child's educators I can provide for them. And that's, that's, a tough, that's a tough place to be. It is. Because they want to believe that it's, they're upset because of your school and your rule or your teacher or your principal. But at the end of the day, that's just not the truth of the matter. The pandemic has given people, to answer Kim's question from my perspective, is it's just given you a license to, to act, uh, to have less civility. And that it's all couched in the fear of health and safety. 
And so when they do that or don't do that, um, it's your perception of where you sit on the aisle, you know. And so many things have been made political, but 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 our goal is to get back. And so when we're talking back about the, about what we do, so day one, you know, what what should a principal in your mind do? What can a counselor? What or what can a teacher? What can a parent do? I mean, I'm just asking you four different mm-hmm. questions. But would you? How would you say kick off? Well, um, I would kick off with uh, levity and humor. That are, was, that's been mentioned twice yesterday. Really? I guess they think yeah, I'm the Mr. Gloom and Doom. I wouldn't even think I'm being Well, negative. here's the deal. Like this, this was big to us. We're adults. Remember? Yeah. Like our worlds were upside down. So we, this feels very big to us. But at the end of the day, these are kids, even high schoolers. Yes. So you're going to meet them where they are and where they are. Remember, they come to school to see their friends and to have fun. They're not walking into school going, yes, I get to learn about the War of 1812 today. Yes. I was waiting. Right? It's Come like, on. They want to see their friends. Show me some Dolly Madison. They want to go to lunch and recess. They want to have their study halls. They want to have their free periods. They want to see the people that they love. My, my daughter said the same thing. I said, what's what's going on? She goes, we don't get to go to Whataburger after the tennis matches. That That's to her saying what right. the most important thing. I thought, really, that's it. She goes, you know, that's, she goes, dad, just don't realize how much fun that was. And yeah. that's the things I miss. That's it. So, you know, what should we do on day one? I think, you know, I I would go old school, like David Letterman, you know, top 10 things we learned and make it all funny mm-hmm. and make it all fun and make it all lighthearted. I, I would meet them where they are. You know, teachers are This district is amazing. You know, I have been here in August for the back to school. Mm-hmm. Y'all are fun. I, you've got the music. You've got the shirts. You've got the, I mean, you have all the pieces but I would I would continue your trend and your pattern of fun and love and community to addressing where we've been and what we're looking forward to. Yeah. It's got to be fun. It's got to be fun. They have to look forward to their experience. They already love school. These are children. Most 99% of them already love coming here. So we need to just remind them that, hey, we went through this thing together and we are now better for it. These are the funny parts of it. And these are the not so funny parts. You know, this was big. When you have a baby, you don't remember all the pain. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I talk about that all the time. Right. When you run a marathon, you sign up for another one like a crazy person. Mm-hmm. You don't remember mile 14 where you wanted to just lay on the pavement and die. Mm-hmm. You know, that. you sign up for it again. Like basically that's that's what we've done. We have to high we we need to give it the highlight reel to make these children recognize that wow. I am I did a big thing. My family did a big thing. My school did a big thing and we're better for it and these are the cool reasons why. So I would yeah. come in right off the bat with humor and levity and top 10. And that's also, you know, you could do the kids that have been in school could do a top 10 for the kids that are just coming back. Oh, yeah. Like that. these are the things you guys need to know. This is what's new when you come back from home. I like Suddenly that. we have, you know, directions in the hallways or whatever <laughs> you guys are doing. Like what used to be a thing at Disney World is now a thing in our hallways. Like yeah. this direction only, you know, yes. don't touch this or you know, whatever. It really is important though to to have those moments. And then well, as we were planning for those that day, day one, Seligman talks about that notion, you know, Martin Seligman from from Penn, you know this, I'm just trying to think for everybody else, about about um, self-esteem and and about the idea that the problem that he sees as far as self-esteem and self, you know, perception, all those kind of things is, is that we've taught kids not to go through problems. And so to move around the problem, whatever, that pain is bad and this 
so one of the things we were going to make sure that we did is recognize that everybody did struggle and appreciate that, correct? I mean, as far as that goes. And then the second thing is, is to make sure that we do have those moments to recognize, like, you know, we're going to ask the, the if you lost someone this year, an employee, we want to make sure if we that we're going to include that into that recognition of somehow not making that the whole deal, but mm-hmm. to, to recognize yeah. that, that that happened is, is that an important part of that? Or is, is it more important just to kind of move on and not worry about that? And is that different between kids and teachers and everybody else? Good question. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like take the Oscars, for example. Yes. That's what everybody mentions. As far as this goes like in memory of yes, Dave everyone Vincent. is real mad that the, the people that died section was so brief that it felt like just oh, they were glimpse. mad about that? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, just this morning. Did the Oscars the... happen? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, dear. Yes, the Oscars happened. Well, I've been busy. Is there yes, a pandemic? <laughs> yes. Anyway, but anyway, this morning on the ticket, like they were talking about how, and it's, people are just mad that they didn't spend enough time on the people that died. So I, I think that's why I'm pausing just because I know this is, you know, a national conversation right now about how poorly the Oscars did it. So, I don't even know. So do you think about that and get back to it? Because the thing is, here's what I want to do is I want to, I always love to recognize in the struggle that people have went through, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's nice because, you know, to remember that is to recognize that that was, you know, or maybe you start, you know, as you welcome them back, you start with the serious part and then you end on the upswing. Yeah, that's right. Because there's plenty of top tens. We actually listed and we asked the principals and everybody, we're, cr- we're creating our list of crazy. Yeah, I was like, and that's so, what he called it. And it's the list of crazy. And so we're going to send it to the, to, to, the, uh, to all the employees this week and you're going to get to say, what are the crazy things? And I mean, and 80% of it is super positive and funny. Like, yes. mm-hmm. you're still on mute. You know, I yeah, mean, all those sure. things about the top 10 things that <laughs> yes. people have said and done. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's some, I mean, we can't show this, but there has been, you know, because I don't think this, you know, but, but, you know, parents have learned to not walk in their underwear and it, it, well, while Correct. the kids are remote. I mean, there's yeah. lots of fun <laughs> yes. and yeah, it's been great. Yeah. I mean, I think that's great. Remember the attorney that couldn't get his filter off of being yes. a cat. Yeah. I mean, you could go all day on all these things. Day. Yeah. It was like a hearing and his, the filter came on. He was a cat and he was trying. <laughs> they probably heard it as Curtis Case, didn't it? I mean, or maybe yeah. it didn't. Maybe it endeared the jury to him. Yeah. There's plenty of fodder for sure. Yeah. But you know, you talked about uh, having babies. I've had a few. And you're right. Uh, my granddad used to always say the heart only records the sunny moments. And, mm. and that's kind of what I'm reflecting on as you're talking. Um, we, this has been rough and it has been tough on all of us. But I do think that there are certainly some things that can be celebrated. And we need to accent, uh, accentuate those going into the next school year. And I know the kids are excited because this summer is going to feel like a summer to them because some of mm-hmm. them get to go on vacations. Their parents may be back at work. And so it'll feel more. Um, last summer, it was like lockdown. Right. Like, that's that's right. what we called it. Yeah. <laughs> feel a little more normal. Yes. We were, I was at uh, Witt Elementary School when we were star testing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the writing test, fourth grade writing. And there's a little child skipping down the hallway. He was so excited. And the principal said, normally I would, I would, you know, say we don't skip mm-hmm. in the hallways, mm-hmm. which is sad to me. Mm-hmm. I think we should all <laughs> skip in the hallways. She said, but this is his first day back to school. Aww. He's been remote all year. That's precious. And I thought, you know, we have some babies that are going to be coming back after mm-hmm. a year and a half, like Amanda said. And I think we need to make it amazing. Balloons. Yeah. Loud music. Marching bands. Spotify, through the speakers, whatever. You know, I was uh, driving up here and they were talking about Miranda Lambert, I guess, 
she was in Dallas this weekend at mm-hmm. um, Billy Bob's. It was her first like live show back and she sobbed like for the first through the first song and then she got real fired up and passionate and then they said she just like killed it for the rest of the show so i you know there's like this emotionality and she's a trained professional she's done like thousands of shows so i would think that that would be the same experience like the little kid skipping down the hallway it's like that first day of school you might see some big emotions that people need to be prepared for you know and then total jubilance yeah, you one- know, as an adult, the first time we went back to church, when the church finally opened up its doors, I yeah. remember having those same feelings that Miranda mm-hmm. Lambert had. Mm-hmm. Probably yeah. didn't sing there as well, but I did have those feelings. <laughs> well, and that it's okay to be, you can be excited and nervous. Right. You, know, you can be excited yes. and a little scared. Like, that's totally normal yes. for everybody. I remember going, leaving, um, you know, I worked at a school for 13 years and then I went into private practice and I remember the head of school saying, how do you feel? And I'm like, I'm nervous and excited. And he said, that's precisely the way these things should be teed up. Mm. And I remember thinking, well, that was really, that was a really nice way to say it. Yeah. So now I use that one all the time. That's precisely the way you tee these things up. Big change. We're getting to last moments here. What do we want to talk about? Is there anything that we need to make sure that we get from Dr. Jameson before we I guess um, final thoughts or questions would be um, for parents. Um, if they feel nervous, I'm assuming you're going to say, don't share that with your kid. Yeah. <laughs> be the grown up. Right. You know, I'm going to talk about modeling behavior. Yes. You know, anxious apples fall from anxious trees. <laughs> That's and then awesome. the kids, if they start feeling um, some nervousness, I'm like, I don't want to go, you know, which kids say anyways, when they come back to school, mm-hmm. a lot of students. So, um, just advice for families, and then um, we'll make sure we take good care of our teachers and because they're the most important people in the room next year. Mm-hmm, for sure. Not always. I would tell parents, um, don't be dismissive. You know, um, ask questions. What are you scared about? Why? And let the child, again, let, let it all come out so that it doesn't ruminate in their head about the fears and the worries, but let them get it all out of the chest and then um, validate. Mm-hmm. Say, I'm, you know, I understand you're scared. It's been a crazy year, but... What can we look forward to? Uh, this morning, um, Judah, who's 11, he said, um, this is a weird question, so don't get mad. I was like, oh. <laughs> no, <I'm not> <laughs> He's like, do kids, can they die of COVID? Hmm. And I said, well, what? why are you asking? And he said, well, I haven't seen any name two friends all year. And I was like, oh. The remote learners. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it is like things you don't think that they're thinking of. Mm-hmm. And I guess he was mm-hmm. like, that's the option. They're not here. I've never seen them again. Oh, they're not even wired in yeah, live. Oh, not if you're not in that one class gotcha. with them. Mm-hmm. So it Aww. was like interesting things though. So yeah, that's good. Talk to them. Listen yeah, because you have no idea what's going on. No, My little guy is a second grader and every day he's like, is the, sh- is the shot ready for kids yet? <laughs> and I'm like, no, he's like, thank goodness. <laughs> every day he asks. I had a parent the other day that was, we were talking to said, hey, I want to find a way to trick my kid to go take in the deal. And so like, I mean, were you going to put a bag over their head and like a, like, a, like, a, like, yeah, like they're a prisoner or something. And then he goes, man, I'm working on it. So, I mean, it's funny about how people are looking at that. They're gearing up for that too. Mm-hmm. So that's funny. For sure. Yeah. So they're thinking some stuff, so they need to talk about it. Amanda, the thing that we might even look at here is that maybe we can find some of those questions that we tee up mm-hmm. with the guys in the back. They're, they're you know, getting the Q&A stuff together that we can ask Kelly to weigh in on those and try to get some of those things. Because um, between y'all and, the, and, and psychology, we just want everybody to be okay. 
And I want the people who are those outliers that were mentioning that uh, we want to gain their confidence and earn their trust. And we want to be able to help them ease their fears because in, behind every person that might even feel that way, there's a child and we want to make sure they're okay. And we want everybody to feel better about what we're doing. And uh, we also want for people to come confidently to school and uh, to listen and to learn and to make sure that uh, we're not dismissive, but really attentive. Yeah. But we're yeah. looking forward to fall. You I really am. Are. Heck yeah. This place is great. I hope your people know what a nice district that you have. I just hope it that they know all, how much we love them. It doesn't all feel like this. And I'm not just saying that because y'all keep having me back, but it really, I mean, it's a top down love that you don't always get. Well, you know, the thing I'm going to say, but as we close out to your point is that, uh, you know, I go to bed at night worrying about them. I mean, truly worrying about people and their families and the things. And then the people that are the most distressed, I think, I mean, what they're showing me, they're the best. What are they really feeling like? And and it's um, it's a burden. If that's the biggest burden I had this year, it's that. It's just really, truly worrying about their well-being and all those in my care and hoping that my wake of my concern isn't cast on everybody else because minding your wake about that stuff is, uh, it's, you know, the, 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 the what do they say? The, the culture of the team is the face of the coach. And I've got to be positive. And uh, when you're scared, it's, it's important right now. And that's the thing I'm encouraging parents to be because we need you right now. But thank you for saying that. I watch them all day. And so you see the consistency mm-hmm. and hard yeah. work and love. It's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. And thanks got for a having great school me. Board too. Hey, well, thanks for having me for the podcast all year. Yeah. It's been really Next fun. Next year, getting ready for more topics because there's lots of concerns that people have. And I'm ready to go make out these people better people with all their psychological <laughs> concerns and help Christy. And Oh, goodness. Yeah, that's good. Awesome. Thanks, thanks everybody. Thank you.